Tennessee Wildcast is live on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello everybody and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. Do thank y'all for tuning in. Today we are on location at the Moment of Freedom Handicap Accessible uh, Fishing Pier in, in Telecohatchery, and it's gonna be a great show. Uh, got Miss Mimi Barnes with me, Mark Thurman, and Philip Earhart, uh, and uh, it's gonna be a good show. Excited to be here. Uh, this is a brand new pier here on the Teleco River, and it's gonna be fun. So thank you guys for being with us. Awesome. Um, Beautiful location. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a great opportunity for handicapped folks to get out here and and fish and, and enjoy uh, what many of us can do with two legs and make it. It's real easy for us, but guys in wheelchairs don't always have the opportunity, and now they do. So it's awesome. Yeah. Um, but today we're going to learn about these guys that are our guests with us today, and uh, and take it from there. So first, I want to introduce. Mr. Mark Thurman, and uh, find out what he does for the agency. Mark's been with us for a while, and is a great guy, and, and, and uh, we appreciate you being here. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. So I'm a regional fisheries manager uh, with the agency. I work out of our fisheries division, uh, but I'm also out of our Crossville office. Uh, I've worked with the agency since 1986. No. Uh, worked out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, a little bit of everything yeah. over my career, and uh, very uh, happy in the place I am now working in places like this yeah it's a beautiful place to be great office today exactly and this exactly. is this is your office every day this is my <laughs> office every day i wish i could spend most of it here you reckon i could work a desk in somewhere on the corner there's <laughs> Phillip, one right there yeah. <laughs> philip tell us a little bit about yourself and your background uh, so you worked I, for the agency didn't you one time? i did work for the agency at one time so i grew up on a dairy farm in upper east tennessee um, went to work for the army corps of engineers straight out of college went to school at tennessee tech spent Ooh, me too no there we go. <laughs> <TTU>. One <laughs> Spent um, almost five years with the Army Corps and then left them and actually came to work for Tennessee Wildlife and spent a little over five years with the agency. Um, then was given the opportunity to switch to go to the Forest Service and actually stay where I was there in Cleveland. And I've been with the Forest Service now since 2011. Been in the position I'm in now as the South Zone Wildlife Biologist for it'll be four years in July. So time flies. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Folks always ask, "What what's your background? How do I get into this job?" And I guess tech's one of the ways to go. <laughs> it's a good school. Tennessee Tech is a great school. A lot of our officers and biologists come out of that school. Uh, UT Martin, UTK. It's true. Uh, we got some great schools here in Tennessee. Um, let's talk about why we're here today. This new pier is here, and Mark has had a big hand in making this happen, along with the Forest Service and and all kinds of people. So let's just. Tell everybody about this pier and, and how, it, how it came about. All right. Well, the Moment of Freedom program um, is a, you know, a partnership between our agency, our commission, and the foundation, the Wildlife Resources Foundation. Uh, when the program started, it really focused on hunting. Uh, we had duck blinds, deer blinds, uh, turkey blinds out in, in, in places on WMAs across the state. Right. And Shane Hall, who was the coordinator of the Moment of Freedom program kind of after it had started. But anyway, he became the coordinator. Mm -hmm. uh, and Shane wanted to do a site on a stream somewhere. He wanted he wanted to take that, what, what had been started, and build on it and do something, you know, really different that gave people access to a place like this. Right. And um, we got together, uh, met up here, toured the place, looked at sites, uh, talked about, you know, what, 
what the process was going to be and, and what we needed to do. And uh, unfortunately, it wasn't long that, that Shane passed away from cancer. And, uh, you know, maybe spent one whole day with him up here and, in person, and the rest of the time was on phone. But that one day was enough to really kick in the whole process and say, yeah, we got we to gotta do this. And, and uh, that's how it came to be. Uh, you know, we had great support from our commission, uh, private donors uh, donating money to, to help get the project in place, and uh, partners like the Forest Service to, to, to get here. Um, and uh, we're here today with this, this great fishing site. Uh, and there are a whole lot of steps in between, but that's, in a, that's it in a nutshell. So folks who are listening can hear that water in the background, yes. and we're right below a beautiful small waterfall and riffle area. And um, how large is this pier? Um, have well, to ask the engineers that built it. I know our own our TWRA <laughs> engineers. You know, it's, oh, that's it's, amazing. It's it's twenty twenty feet, probably so um, twenty feet or so deep, and you know enough for you know three chairs. To, to access it you can also you got an angle here so you can you could have you know four or five people fishing here and um, great access from the parking lot it's it's yes. a beautiful wooden pier right out over the water it's yes. absolutely gorgeous and of course that's probably one of the longer ramps uh that that i've seen built for something um but you're kind of dealing with some terrain here that presented some some engineering challenges and and you know and i do want to give a plug to our engineering division exactly um uh, you know, they designed it and came out here and built it uh, through the, this past winter. <laughs> and this is a rough place to work in the winter. Fully so, ADA compliant. Yeah. Yeah. It's styled. I was, I was here when they were in the middle of the build, and it's amazing how well and the structure's <laughs> anchored here. It's not going anywhere. No. It, it's, uh, if it's, it's gone, the hatchery, <laughs> I don't know yeah. what will happen. So tell them here. the exact location. It's right here at the hatchery, right? Yes. The site is located at the Teleco Hatchery. Um, and, uh, you know, if you do a search for Teleco State Fish Hatchery um, and you head this direction, you'll find this pier because this is a parking lot that all of our, you know, the hatchery actually is a major destination for tourists in the area. Mm -hmm. And so that parking lot is, is, uh, is where all those visitors park. And, and if they just head up this way, you'll find a, a nice, uh, nice place to come fish. So if folks are visiting and there is a wheelchair-bound visitor, what do we ask? Uh, so we did not designate this as just individuals in wheelchairs. You know, didn't, didn't just say those are the only people that can use this. Um, so it's here for the public to enjoy. But what we do ask is that when somebody's here, if somebody in a wheelchair comes to, to fish, let them fish and, and, and you know, if it's not being used, come out here and enjoy the river. I mean, it, it really opens up streamside access to, you know, we've seen people with walkers down here. So it's not just wheelchair accessibility that's needed. Um, yeah, we've seen all kinds of people with physical limitations be able to come here and, nice. and either fish or just enjoy the river. And I think that's one of the big reasons why when you first approached us about this, why as an agency, I feel like we were so supportive. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what a golden opportunity and a beautiful place to be able to bring that user group out that may not have other opportunities, especially 
this far off the beaten path. So as an agency, we were really excited to be to be a part of this. So thank you, Mark, for including us and letting us be here. I appreciate y'all. Yeah. Are there any other areas like this if around this? Well, now we have Green Cove Pond just over the ridge. Okay. Uh, that is a it's a pond and it has it's it's for people with disabilities. Uh, it's for seniors. It's for kids to go fish, um, and so it's on still water. As far as a site on a stream somewhere, I I don't know in Tennessee if we have any specifically like this, um, and so this is this is kind of a it, it's unique in 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 its setting. And I wonder if there's any like this around the U.S. There, is this one of the first? Probably. Maybe? No, well. So there are there are sites across the country, okay. and and as we researched kind of what we wanted to put here, we looked at those sites. Um, some states, you know, I, I think it was Wisconsin had several sites. Awesome. Uh, and you know, but there's a fairly limited number of sites along flowing streams in the mountains because it does present some challenges. Right. And that's yeah. one thing I would say on kind of on the periphery, watching how Mark was able to contact some of those folks. And I know there's another one in Georgia on a Forest Service yeah. place. You know, we got lessons learned from them, and then Mark really working hard with those engineering folks and some of our engineering folks to manage these flows and build something that's going to be here. Yeah. Well, kind awesome. of the right balance between, you know, having it in a, at a height that it doesn't flood, but close enough to the water that people can fish. And well, this area is stocked. Um, yeah, this is part of our uh, put-and-take management area on the Teleco River. It's also um, so... It gets stocked uh, weekly from March 1st through uh, the beginning of August, middle part of August. And then uh, this particular site is also located in our uh, delayed harvest zone. So it's a uh, catch and release season. Uh, we stock some quality fish in the fall. Uh, that starts in October. Mm -hmm. And it's catch and release fishing in this area up to the state line. Actually starts at North River. And um, it's catch and release fishing, and this will be a place I think we'll see we'll see people fly fishing from from wheelchairs out here, which will be really neat. Yeah, that's awesome. And one of the other things we're excited about is you know kids fishing day. You know, on free oh, fishing yeah. day on June eighth. You know, it's always at the Teleco Hatchery. It's a cooperative effort again that's between great. the agencies. Now we can get kids out here too. You know, that may not have an opportunity. Yeah, that's yep. wonderful. Yeah, and that's coming up June eighth, free it fishing is. day, and, and that's the day of the. For uh, the kids fishing day event here. Okay, cool. Um, so, so before we move on in topic, though, this moment of freedom is such a special um, um, portion of our agency. If folks want to donate to that moment of freedom, where should they go? They should go to the foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. The foundation has uh, an account for the moment of freedom program, and uh, yeah, go to the foundation and, and donate. TWRF.net. Yeah, yeah, so where they can find it through tnwildlife.org if right. they just put in Moment of Freedom, they can get to that site. Because um, already today I've had conversations with people about where's the next one. So <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a lot of interest. And I think this is, you know, this, this site here has uh, really sparked some ideas for people. You put your hard hat back on. Yeah, put my hard hat back on. <laughs> well, we appreciate everyone that's put an effort into this, uh, agency folks, uh, national you know, forest folks, um, the engineers of our guys and, and the, the commission, and they've all mm -hmm. done a lot. So uh, we appreciate all those volunteers and everything. So. Yeah, it is a remarkable feat, and we're really happy to see it come to pass, and we're really happy to celebrate with both of you today. Uh, it's been nice. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It was awesome to see Zeke here. Uh, oh, young yeah. man, he's, he's – Shout uh, out to Zeke. Yeah, he's <laughs> – 
he's a great guy, great kid, and, uh, and it's fun to watch him cut the ribbon and, and know that somebody like him can, can catch a fish. He was yeah. here fishing earlier, so it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was pretty neat to see. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to move on and talk about uh, we have so many partnerships with um, the National Forest. And um, I said I come down to events from time to time and I've seen Philip in the water. He's always for, here for the uh, river cleanup. Um, so many different parts that we're partnering on. Mark, you mentioned brook trout earlier. Oh, yeah. Would you both chime in and talk a little bit about those partnerships? Um, let's start with the fishery side of things. Sure. Um, so we were given some opportunities to work together. I think first and foremost, the missions of both of our agencies are very similar. We're really wanting to do the right thing for the resources and for our user groups. So I think it presented a really unique opportunity with the entire Cherokee National Forest being managed as a wildlife manager there to start with. So we've always been great partners, worked well together because I think we'd all agree there's way more work to be done than any one agency can do. It's <laughs> mm -hmm. true. And having worked for both agencies, there's things sometimes that are easier for TWA to do than it's easier for us to do and, and kind of vice versa. So, you know, what we've tried to do is find those opportunities where we can work well together and supplement each other well. And, you know, we've got some great success stories I think we'll talk about today. And the brook trout, like you were alluding to, is one of those. So, Oh, yeah. We've had a lot of uh, the, the brook trout work that we've done with each other. Uh, you know, we've been in it from the time we started trying to raise southern strain fish. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, they're always, when we're doing surveys, we've always got help from the Forest Service coming out. And... Um, if they've got things that they need to do on the forest surveys, we come and help them. Because so. these guys have got a level of expertise sometimes that some of us don't have. Um, a lot of times we're a little more generalist. So there's been more than once I've called Mark and said, hey, Mark, we've got this, this program, this project. What do you think about it? You know, and Mark's helped not only with helping do the work on the ground, but even his technical expertise. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're thankful for those opportunities. You know, last year we uh, did that fish attractor work at Indian did. Boundary. And that was out. That was just a. That was kind of a really quick thing that we threw together. We brought boats up, and they were doing some work that allowed us to uh, put some fish attractors at uh, Indian Boundary Lake. Another really great fishing site on the forest. Um, um, so one of the things we mentioned before is that you know even though we're statewide, and e even though you're um, this national agency, uh, there's so much work to be done. We can't do it ourselves. Um, we look for those opportunities and. Um, um, Philip, talk to us about that good neighbor agreement that we have with your agency and how that came about. And then, and I know some of the projects that the two of you have worked on together have stemmed out of that agreement. Oh, absolutely. So in 2014 in the Farm Bill, they, they created a new thing called the Good Neighbor Authority. And the intent was to take more of a holistic whole lands approach. Obviously, the resource doesn't stop needing to be managed at the National Forest Boundary. So this gave us the ability to start crossing those boundaries and working with state partners in order to get that meaningful work accomplished. So once that came out, we started looking at, hey, how can we make one of these opportunities work? So we were able to draft a master good neighbor agreement between our two agencies that basically framed up that we agree we want to work together. We've got mutual goals that we want to try to achieve, and I think we, can, we think we can do better together. So that framework set it up to where we can do what's called a supplemental project agreements to where we identify a project, just like the uh, brook trout work Mark was talking about, that we both see as mutually beneficial, and then we can capitalize on that. And what it enables us to do is the state agency can come do work on the National Forest land, and then a lot of times the Forest Service can actually reimburse the state for that work that they're doing. 
Oh, yeah. um, and it's a really great thing for us because, you know, you've got folks doing that work then that have that level of expertise. They've got a vested interest in it. And then, for example, um, I keep saying Brooke Child, I'm going to tell the details in a minute, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> we get a project that we both have a really tangible result from, mm -hmm. and it's been great. So we've really built a program around it, both aquatics and terrestrially. Yeah, I see. I, I've heard the... I've heard the benefits over and over and over again from that partnership, and, and we'll talk a little bit more. Brandon Ware was on the program yeah. some months ago um, and shared a little bit, but we'll expand upon that. Definitely. Yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, and, and really the, the benefits to the public, the work that gets done, whether it's sporting public or just people that want to get out and enjoy the forest, it's, it's just a big benefit to the public when we can do things like that. Absolutely. There's a lot of work going on in associating with that good neighbor agreement uh, with the, the right-of-ways with the National Wild Turkey Federation and that kind of thing. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. So, um, Wildlife right-of-ways. It know. is. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're using um, prescribed fire and potential wildfire fuel breaks that are created from linear wildlife openings in order to prepare us to manage wildfire in the future and or be able to put you know, the right type of prescribed fire on the ground. So we saw an opportunity working with NWTF to try to get some more work done on the ground. So those folks came together, stepped up, were able to donate some money to the agency and then use matching Pittman-Robertson funds. The agency was able to buy some equipment that we could use. It's a tractor with a long arm mower on it that they could use here on the forest. And then we were able to use that good neighbor authority we were talking about to where we could actually reimburse the agency for doing that work. Mm -hmm. So the really cool thing that worked out for us was that it poised us where there was an opportunity um, that there was some regional fuels money, where we were looking for projects across the country where we could create more fire breaks and more fuel breaks. So the fact that the agency had that machine, we had the good neighbor agreement in place, it enabled us to capitalize on that. And then we, we had to compete on a national basis requesting those funds, but we were successful. And what it did is it let us go from, usually we were doing somewhere between eight and 10 miles a year with the long arm, in 2016 and 17, we were able to do 106 miles that year. Amazing. So having those pieces in, in place really maximized that. And now we've really built built a program around it. And we're getting a lot of good benefits. You know, we're creating those fire, break, fire breaks on the ground, but we're also creating some amazing wildlife habitat. You know, for example, we've got some interns out working today that were in the same spot they were. They flushed a grouse yesterday nice. in one of the sites that we did some habitat work. Wow. So, you know, that just reinforces, hey, yeah, that's pretty cool. makes us feel good. Yeah, uh, so yesterday I spoke with Brandon Ware, who again was on the show a few months ago, and he said uh, this year alone, um, that so far, um, chainsaw work was two and a half miles, and then, um, uh, let's be, let, me, let me read it, have long arms six miles or 36 acres of linear wildlife openings, and chainsawed two and a half miles for 36 and a quarter acres. And, and we're just this far into the year. We're just I mean, getting started. Yeah. yeah, and that's where I, I can't say enough good about those folks and especially a lot of our fire folks. We've worked really hard this year again since this is a, a fire project. We were able to utilize our hotshot crew and some other folks that are, you know, they're trained to use chainsaws. They're very efficient with them. You know, you say that number two and a half miles and you think of how many miles we've got in the forest, that's not much. But when you start cutting most of the trees yeah, within 75 foot of a linear opening for two and a half miles, that's a lot of tree cutting. <laughs> two and a half miles, I think, is longer up here. It, it is. Or over here, down here, wherever we are. It's like dog years. 
But yeah, you know, you you say the good things, but um, I know as an agency, as a region, um, and and individual employees, they speak so highly of that agreement and the benefits and how it's helping TWRA reach its mission and work towards its mission. So we're really grateful and take the opportunity to say thank you. Oh, well, thank you, because we couldn't do it without you. And, you know, we get the same, because... In our region now, it's essentially from Texas to Virginia and everything south. You know, I get to go to some biologist meetings with folks from different states that don't always have the same working relationship we've got. And it just reinforces how blessed we are. So Mm -hmm. thank you for that, too, and being good partners. You know, um, one of the things I wanted to ask earlier, but I didn't want to interrupt the conversation, was um, tell us a little bit about the Cherokee National Forest and those numbers. It's an amazing place to visit. Oh, I'd love to. Um, So... Specifically, so the Cherokee National Forest is a little over 656,000 acres of public land in East Tennessee. The south zone of the Cherokee is about 305,000 of that. Three southeast Tennessee counties, you've got the Okoe and the Telco Ranger Districts. Um, That's where I work at. And our counterparts on the north zone, they've got a little over 350,000 acres up there they manage, and I think 10 counties. They're a little more spread out than we are, and we're a little more consolidated. But it's amazing the, like, the elevation differences on the Okoe district versus the Teleco. And we talked about Brook Trout again, I'm going to say it. But, you know, a lot of those are on the Teleco because, you know, we can get over 5,000 feet elevation here. Mm-hmm. So you can be in town and it'd be 85 degrees and be on top of it at Wig Meadow and it's, you know, it's in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So it's really an amazing place. We've got lots of um, really good campgrounds, lots of trails you can hike. You know, we, the whole thing's a wildlife management area. So it's managed, you know, for hunting by Tennessee Wildlife and lots of fishing opportunities. Just a great place to bring your family and come to. Mark mentioned the Indian Boundary. It's kind of a shout out to it with it being right here on Teleco. Great place to camp. You know, we took what Mark was saying. We were trying to clean up around the picnic pavilion and around the beach. We had some trees we needed rid of. What better way to get rid of them than to work with Mark and his staff to take his boats out and sink them and make some better fishing habitat for everybody. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. Yep, that was a great opportunity. And I'll talk about brook trout all day. Oh, well, I was just going to say, share, share, take the opportunity, share a little bit more about that program. Um, you know, one of the things that I often hear is about that um, warming water temperatures. And here we are in May, um, and it's a pretty warm day for yeah. May. Well, it is. And, you know, we have our native trout, the uh, southern Appalachian brook trout, uh, is a, you know, a iconic fish in the in the Blue Ridge Mountains and and um, you know we've got a lot of work going on to try to expand the range for that fish so uh, a couple of different ways we're doing that we're, we're raising them and and putting them back in habitat that we feel like is suitable we're also evaluating habitat right now we've mm-hmm. got you know a program kind of started up this year we've got data loggers that are going to measure water temperature through the year mm-hmm. uh, through both agencies Yes, we did. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, we had gotten a grant from uh, Trout Unlimited to get the, du- the data loggers. Nice. And partnered up with the Forest Service and hiked in some areas and, and, uh, and put those things out. And that will help us understand, you know, what, what's going on with the habitat out there. Um, and we've got, you know, fishable brook trout water here in this part of the forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little more, it's kind of like you were talking about, the northern end is different and, and a little more... Uh, kind of spread out and but there's a little bit more brook trout water up there but we have some really good brook trout streams sycamore creek uh, that feeds teleco just just upstream from here is a is a great brook trout stream so something we're working on to try to you know just maintain where they're at and and expand some where we can this brook trout project i, I got to go up sycamore creek when they did some, oh yeah <laughs> some uh 
uh, fish sampling and, and, and shocking. And, man, that's some tough work, hard work. I wasn't even carrying a backpack shocker, but I was <laughs> I was wore out that day running the camera. It's a, yeah. But hiking these streams and, and climbing through there and sampling, and it's, it's amazing. If, you, if you're having trouble sleeping, that's a good that's a good cure for it. <laughs> a good way to do it. Yeah. These guys put in a lot of hard work. The hatchery guys here at the hatchery working with these fish, and, and uh, it's just amazing. What, the, the good thing is on your second trip, you get to start at the top and work your way down versus <laughs> college right at the bottom. They didn't tell yeah. me that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you have to go walk back out. <laughs> it's easy. uphill both ways. Yeah, I know. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like it was. Yes. Awesome. Well, what else can folks get into here at, at, at the forest, uh, South Cherokee? You know, I guess to speak specifically, you know, we're, we're getting into the, the peak of recreation season. So, yeah. you know, all our campgrounds are open now, so we've got a lot of camping. Um, I think that's a good chance for me to talk about bears for just a second. Sure. So oh, that'd be great. We, we do have a, um, a new food storage order on the forest, and the intent with that is to, you know, protect people and to make sure that bears don't get habituated on getting food that may be left out. A lot of the trouble that we have with bears here is when they get into a trash can or they get somebody's food they left out and then they get a free meal and it's you know they can walk through the mountains and work for food or they can try to get something in the campground they're going to come the easy way so that was the intent we had already got all new um, bear proof trash cans so we've got that taken care of and the next step was you know just trying to educate people and talk to them about how you need to store your food when you do come out to the national forest Um, so we're excited that's a good opportunity so when you're here enjoy that We've got camping on all the districts, the Okoe and the Teleco here on the south end. Um, lots of trails, lots of mountain bike trails, good opportunities there. We've got some some horse trails. We do a lot of work with the backcountry horsemen. I mean, actually, some of the partnership work we do on the linear wildlife openings also benefits them. Oh, wow. So that a lot great. of times is how we try to maximize what we're doing so that whatever project we're doing with our limited resources, it, it benefits as many you know terrestrial and aquatic wildlife resources as well as our partner resources at the same time. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen some signage coming in about those efforts with the bear uh, mm-hmm. you know, stuff, so that's cool, and, and you know, getting the word out there, that's great. And it's another huge partnership, you know, working with the agency and with Dan Gibbs and the new BearWise that's Bearwise. come out. BearWise.org, yeah. And trying to push it out to where folks on, on the forest, you know, in the region, they're seeing the same consistent message everywhere. So, you know, we've got some interns working with us this summer that are in school right now trying to get a wildlife fisheries degree. They're going to go out and talk to people about it and explain, hey, this isn't just another rule that we're asking people to follow. There's there's a reason behind it. It's ultimately for their safety and for the bear's safety. Yeah, bearwise.org is one that we've been pushing just uh, to help people understand how to live or camp or hike with bears. Um, or if they're just visiting the area, how they should behave, especially with their food. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, and I just want to mention, go to our website, tmwildlife.org, and uh, check out the uh, the hunting guide. That'll have all the information about the hunting out on on the Cherokee. So. so we're always mentioning tnwildlife.org. Where should they go to learn about the Cherokee? Oh, so to look for the Forest Service here at Cherokee specifically, if they'll go to fs, like forestservice.usda slash Cherokee. So we're, we're an agency underneath the United States Department of Agriculture. So fs.usda slash Cherokee. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Well, a lot of good information. Real quick, if somebody wants to come out here, where are we again? Right here at the Teleco Hatchery. Teleco State Fish Hatchery. And the pier is right here at the entrance to the hatchery. Uh, it's open for everyone, but mainly if there's somebody here in a wheelchair, give them, give them access, make room for them. Uh, make sure you got your proper licenses and that kind of thing, tmwildlife.org for that. Um, but uh, it's going to be great. I Phillip, think so. Philip, I'll say thank you for the hatchery or for the um, partnership. Yes. Mark, thanks for your work here throughout the region, and um, we look forward to better and more things. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) We're very thankful as well. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for having us. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you next time on Tennessee Wildcast.
Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.